My thoughts on Joe Rogan. I don't think he's a controversial figure. <laughs> it's crazy though, because a lot of people have like really aggressive opinions on him, really, really aggressive hate towards him. And it's for, typically speaking, like one or two things that he says. And when you consider that what Joe Rogan does is record like five to seven podcasts a week, each one being anywhere from like two and a half hours to closer to three and a half hours. The average I'd say is three hours long. So he talks a lot, right? He says so many things within that many hours of long form, just conversational audio. But yet people will pinpoint like one specific little segment that he said, and then just get very, very angry, at least on Twitter. Now, I definitely understand that Twitter, in a lot of cases, can bring out the worst in people, right? And so you can really just look through there and seem like, wow, everybody is so angry about this one thing. But in reality, I understand that there's so much subtlety and nuance in life that, you know, you can get into like a Twitter th thread and seem to be so angry, even like saying death threats and stuff, like the ultimate level of anger then you have to realize the person behind that phone, like me right here, is just it's just this one glimpse of their life too. So it's like for you to necessarily get mad at people who are, say, attacking someone, not even Joe Rogan, ignore him, but say just attacking someone on Twitter for one small thing that they said, right? Those people that are attacking that person, they're just saying one small thing as well. So for you to go in and defend that person and then attack these people for just saying one specific thing in one small moment of their life, you're doing the same thing to them. So then it becomes this feedback loop, right? And it doesn't really uh, produce any good. <laughs> and, and that's kind of the psychology of these insane Twitter threads. Uh, but more specifically on like the Joe Rogan thing, Sometimes when you are a public figure, this happens with Elon Musk as well, some little thing will happen to him, sometimes <laughs> involving Joe Rogan, right? Like when Elon Musk smoked weed on Joe Rogan and it actually brought Tesla stock price down, which is insane. It shows you how fickle the markets are because A, Elon Musk didn't even inhale. And if you know marijuana, you actually have to inhale the smoke to get the drug effects of marijuana. So if you just like touch the, whatever it was, a blunt, they call it, uh, if you just touch that to your lips and then blow, like you're not necessarily smoking marijuana. And even if he was, he's a grown man and it was in a state where it is legal, so he's allowed to actually do so. But because the markets are incredibly fickle, that was bad press for Tesla and their stock price went down after that. And I would say, well, I would, I would say this, like did the stock price go down because he smoked weed or did the stock price go down because there was a Twitter-fueled um, negative narrative about Elon Musk and then that negative Twitter feed spreads and jumps over into mass media, so then it's now reported on the news, like really is that newsworthy? and then it becomes bad press, and then the stock price goes down. 
So yes, the markets are fickle, but they're only fickle after information distills through our fickle social media, specifically Twitter. Twitter seems to be the uh, the basis for this sort of bad press to, again, go into that positive or negative feedback loop. Positive feedback loop, I guess. Positive feedback loop because it's circling over again, but negative in the sense that it's, you know, a, a negative thing, a negative idea or concept. Now, with Joe Rogan, the same thing kind of happened just now, but to him himself. Joe Rogan, how did his stock price go down? He's not you know, the CEO of a company or founder of a company like Elon Musk is, but he's um, tied directly now to Spotify. So it's kind of crazy because when you think of Spotify, it's so much more than just Joe Rogan. All that Spotify did was this groundbreaking deal to sign Joe Rogan to have his podcast on Spotify exclusively for $100 million. So it's like, yeah, that's a lot of money. Yeah, he's a big um, piece of the Spotify business now, but a really small piece compared to the endless amount of other artists and podcasters now on Spotify. So to tie Joe Rogan directly to Spotify is just kind of, it's like he's just a small piece of that. Although, you know, the hype of the $100 million deal makes it seem like he's a really big piece. If you were to look at the whole business of Spotify, you'd realize he's just a small piece of it, but people kind of get short-sighted on Twitter, at least. I think in reality, again, people are more thoughtful, but in Twitter, the positive feedback loop comes in and it messes up your judgment. And so I think two happen, two things happen with Joe Rogan, but they both involve the pandemic, which is like a hot button subject right now, right? Unless you are agreeing with the the views of the mass media, then you're going to get attacked, right? You can't even voice any suspicion, even if it's like rational and logical, not even suspicion, but just question like, hmm, could I see a bit more facts for this? Like, I'm just, I'm a little on the fence. Um, could I learn a little bit more? People are like, no, we have all the facts. Do as you're told. Like, it's very extreme. And I don't agree with that. That's why in this case, I kind of take Joe Rogan's stance because although I may not agree with his views of what he expressed on it, but I definitely feel for him. I don't feel for him because he's not affected by it. Let's just all keep that in mind. Elon Musk, when Tesla's stock price went down, he wasn't really affected by it. I think in the early days, he was affected by Tesla's stock price going down and being heavily shorted and having a lot of unnecessarily negative uh, media being reported on Tesla. But after a while, Elon Musk just became numb to it. He realized, like, this is all ridiculous. I'm not going to let it affect the work that I do. And I'm sure Elon Musk just tunes it out now. Joe Rogan does the same thing. He tunes out the Twitter mob and even the news and stuff like that. Um, so I, I don't want to say, like, I feel for Joe Rogan, but I feel for, like, that, um, for, for being unnecessarily attacked. Like, you are allowed to have your own opinion. You know, the problem is, I guess, like when you have Joe Rogan has as big of an audience as, you know, any, uh, say, CNN or Fox News show or here in Canada, like CTV or CBC, like these main media channels that the masses tune into. Joe Rogan actually has the same size or very similar size of an audience as these legacy media companies. So. He's a huge figure. 
And so from that point of view, it's like you should be careful about your views, but you still have a right to your own views unless you are saying something that's so outlandish and you're saying that this is a fact, even though it's clearly scientifically not a fact, but Joe Rogan wasn't doing that. And you could argue that he maybe kind of does that sometimes, but he also does take the approach of being a comedian and he acknowledges the fact that a lot of what he says is for comedic purposes. And so you give him the benefit of the doubt with that as well. But with his views on the pandemic, he was saying that it's crazy in Canada, first of all. That was the one thing that he kind of got attacked with. Um, he was saying that the lockdowns are ridiculous in Canada and they're just going too extreme. And I somewhat agree with that. And... Um, you know, I think there's other ways of approaching solving the issue of the pandemic instead of just locking everyone down. And I also think that we all need freedom and we all need freedom to do as we wish as long as it doesn't directly affect other people's well-being. But you can argue that by going out to a store or say going to a restaurant or even going to a concert, okay, and they're doing studies and research on that, I think it's in the UK, and even beyond that, something that's also kind of connected to Joe Rogan is the UFC. They did a full event in Florida or Miami, in Miami specific, Miami, Florida, um, a full event, you know, just like the old days before the virus. And as far as I can tell now, there wasn't an insane outbreak and there wasn't like every single person that attended that event dying. And so you can argue that you can go to a concert or a live event without directly harming other individuals. So, we are allowed to have that freedom, or at least we should be able to. And right now it's borderline whether or not um, we should have that freedom taken away from us because it's not necessarily clear that something like going to a classical orchestra, okay, going to an orchestral performance or to an opera, it's not clear that that will directly kill people due to the virus. That's not 100% clear, okay? There might be good data saying that that's likely, but it's not 100% clear. And so, therefore, it's not 100% clear that we shouldn't allow the freedom to go and enjoy those things. And that's the perspective to have. And I understand, like, what I'm saying right now, too. I'm not saying I know 100%. I'm just saying that's my view. And I think we should always kind of lean to giving people a little bit more freedom, especially if we don't know for sure if... Um, that is actually negatively affecting other people. If we kind of think it is, then let's be cautious, but let's not just jump to taking away everyone's freedoms. You know, that's not what we should do in free states like Canada and the United States, right? Um, but back on the Joe Rogan subject, people were just attacking him for that view. And he expressed that with this guy, Matty Matheson, who's a Canadian. And honestly, I'm not a big fan of him. I think he's kind of an idiot. <laughs> Although I like his shows. I like his, you know, cooking shows on munchies and stuff. But he's very loud and obnoxious. And he's overweight and unhealthy. And Joe Rogan on the show was encouraging him to get in shape and to work out and stuff. And if you listen to that perspective of it, too, like people are attacking Joe Rogan for his views on the lockdowns. But then they're also ignoring the fact that Within that same podcast, he spent a lot of his time encouraging Matty Matheson, who is an overweight person, you know, because he's a chef and stuff like that, and he was unhealthy, he was addicted to drugs before, now he's clean, and so he's like not the healthiest person, and so Joe Rogan spent a lot of time on that episode encouraging Matty to get healthy, to work out, and to get in shape. 
Like that's a very positive thing, you know? And so for my view, listening to a lot of that, it was mostly positive. It was positive and then it was expressing his view. That view may be controversial, but it's not enough to say that Joe Rogan is entirely evil and he should be canceled and that we should just scrap his show entirely. I don't think it's anywhere that extreme at all, especially when it's put into the context of his entire conversation and put into the context of his other podcasts where he expresses other viewpoints that um, you know aren't so extreme and definitely align with what you would call the science or what is settled and stuff like that. And so that's kind of one piece of this. The other thing is also that um, the podcast with, uh, maybe it was the same episode actually, come to think of it, might've been the same episode. And it was in the subject of vaccines and uh, how Joe Rogan was saying that if a young person in their 20s, so like my age, um, Joe Rogan wouldn't suggest, or he wouldn't like advise that person to go ahead and get the shot, get the needle, right? Because they're young and they're healthy. And he was saying that with his understanding of how the virus works based on it isn't like statistically wiping out young people like crazy. Now you can argue against that saying, yes, but the young people still need to get the shot because the more people that are covered by it, the less likely this virus will continue to spread. So there's that viewpoint. And maybe that's fact. Maybe that's 100% scientifically proven. But that still is just a viewpoint because we still have free will. And another thing is, um, let me just try to collect my thoughts here. Um, well, first of all, Joe Rogan's allowed to say that. And he was saying if a young person asked Joe Rogan, so he wasn't saying that I, Joe Rogan, command every young person to not get the vaccine. He was just saying if a young person asked me, that's his viewpoint and that's the view that he would share with that person. He also went on to say that other people should get it, right? Older people should get it. He even admitted that he was about to get it, but then he didn't because it was the one that caused blood clots or something. So I thought all things considered, that was a very like tame perspective to share on that. It wasn't very extreme at all, but if you read the Twitter threads, you would assume that Joe Rogan was saying that it's all a conspiracy and that if you get the needle, you're going to immediately die and that you shouldn't trust scientists and that you should just go and cough in an old person's face and just spread this virus. Like, people are really blowing it out of proportion, but that's where that positive feedback loop comes into play. Um... And I think just in general, some people get this very weird perspective on Joe Rogan and think that he's this kind of criminally insane person that only talks about conspiracies. And to that, I just want to give some pushback. So let's set aside his views on um, whether or not someone should get vaccinated uh, and the views on the lockdowns. I'm not saying I agree with them or not. I'm saying that he's allowed to share his opinion. And I'm also saying that his opinion does not seem to me to be that radical or extreme. It's just his viewpoint. Now let's talk about how he's gotten that viewpoint and why he, I would say, like people dismiss him to say that he has zero authority to be talking about this, right? And then the pushback against that, kind of the Joe Rogan bros or, you know, uh, the people that support Joe Rogan, and that's the criticism, is that Joe Rogan has this army of white supremacist males, they lump him, it's, it's crazy, I'm not even going to get into that, it's kind of crazy, um, 
I think there's a lot of different fans of Joe Rogan. It's the same thing with Jordan Peterson. A lot of people attack Jordan Peterson and say the only people that believe in him or listen to him rather are like white supremacists, are um, QAnon males and people that dismiss um, gay rights or gender equality and are racist and all that stuff and are against females and want to suppress women. And that's just crazy to say all those things because um, Joe, uh, Jordan Peterson and Joe Rogan for that matter, they have women um, fans and an audience. You know, my mom, uh, she doesn't listen to Joe Rogan, but like she'll watch clips of his, mainly for, to hear from his guests. You know, that's the thing. And Jordan Peterson as well. Um, so people have these very like one-sided perspectives. It's like, if you're a fan of Jordan Peterson, if you're a fan of Joe Rogan, then you're this, that, and the next thing. And they forget all the subtleties and nuances, right? There are so many different perspectives, right? And there's so many reason, different reasons why you are a fan of this person or whether, you know, and you can read Jordan Peterson and get value from his stuff while at the same time not agreeing with every single thing that he says, right? Just like the Bible. You can gain value from the Bible and from the story of Jesus Christ while at the same time not embracing full-on Christianity, Christianity or Catholicism and just not actually be a huge fan of religion at all, but you can still get value in your own life from the Bible. So people just throw out subtlety. People throw out the fact that you can have different viewpoints and get, you know, it's just crazy. Now, I don't want to ramble on in this video much longer, but I will just add this, and it is that people, hmm, what am I trying to say here now? I guess to wrap this up, uh, uh, I guess one final thought on Joe Rogan is that why I like him and listen to his podcast is because he has a wide variety of guests on his show. And so he may have one episode with someone like Maddie Matheson, again, who's his own character. Like, I don't go to Maddie Matheson to listen to intellectual or philosophical advice or wisdom or knowledge or health advice for that matter. And so the Maddie Matheson and Joe Rogan episode was very low on my list of you know, learning from. It was maybe kind of fun and funny. And same with the episodes that Joe Rogan does with other comedians. And in those episodes, they may share political views and philosophy on life and stuff. And for that, I'm dismissive of it a lot. It's like, yeah, that's kind of, I don't agree with that, blah, 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 move on. But then Joe Rogan has these phenomenal episodes with amazing intellectuals like Jordan Peterson, for example, um, but others like Eric Weinstein. Those episodes are phenomenally amazing to me. Eric Weinstein is a brilliant genius, and I really enjoy when he goes on Joe Rogan. Um, Lex Friedman, for example, has become my favorite podcaster now, and the only reason I've heard of him, and really the only reason he has a platform now, is because of Joe Rogan. And Lex Friedman is a very non-controversial guy. He's very scientific, uh, scientifically oriented. He um, always promotes love and caring and empathy for other human beings, and he's a phenomenal person. And I wouldn't have known about him if it wasn't for Joe Rogan. And so that's why I still respect and admire Joe Rogan, is because he introduces me to other thinkers and other people with different viewpoints. He has a lot of episodes, a lot lately, on UFOs. And to the 
people, the critics of Joe Rogan, they say, yeah, UFOs, like he's just a crazy conspiracy theorist. See, he believes in aliens and UFOs. And to that, I would say that is very dismissive as well. If you look at this recent episode, I forget the guy's name, but he was Secretary of Defense or something like that, uh, where he worked in the Pentagon. He worked in the White House under Bill Clinton, and he's pursuing um, the research of UFOs. So, you know, Commander David Fravor, who viewed the Tic Tac UFO, which the Pentagon released footage of. Like, this is not necessarily... There's conspiracies on what these UFOs are, but they are technically classified as UFOs, right? They're not saying that they're aliens, but they, meaning the government and high-level officials, are admitting that we don't know what these things are. So that's where you get into um, hypothetical and theoretical territory, but it's not something to totally dismiss, and it's something that should be um, looked into and researched and thought about and not just like, oh, this is a UFO guy that's conspiracy and ignore it. It's something that we should think about and listen to and consider. And um, that's kind of my whole views. I think you get the point. Joe Rogan talks about many different things. I am not an insane fanboy of him. I wouldn't fight tooth and nail for his opinions or his views, but I would fight against him being canceled. Unless, let's say, he's saying some outlandish things. But for that to happen, you would have to have like a stroke or something. Because I've listened to him a lot and I have a good understanding of his character. And that is that he has lots of different viewpoints, but he also won't be the type of person to say insanely outlandish things, right? He always is kind of in the middle of, of, of ideas, right? He's neither too far this way or too far that way. Um... So I would fight against him being canceled because I think that would just be wrong unless he changed his viewpoint and started saying some really radical things. But that's the same with everyone, right? I shouldn't be canceled unless I started saying some insane things that were like murderous and promoting death and destruction. If anyone starts speaking that way, you technically have to cancel them because you have freedom unless you are harming other people and their freedoms, right? But if you're just sharing your viewpoints and they're not directly harming others, then you have that freedom and therefore should not and cannot be canceled unless we are living in 1984, which I have back there, actually funny enough, and uh, we're just taking away the rights and freedoms of people. But that's not where we are and that's not where we should be. Therefore, we should not cancel people like Joe Rogan. We should not cancel people like Jordan Peterson, so on and so forth, right? They net do more good than harm, okay? But there's subtlety and nuance with everyone. Everyone does a little bit of harm in their life. No one is purely good, okay? Now, I guess that's all I really have to say. And I wanted to put this all into a video or podcast wherever I decide to release this. And I doubt many people will listen to this, funny enough. You know, it's hard to make a YouTube video and get views unless you were doing it on a specific subject that is clear and to the point. No one really wants to listen to me, John Plumley, sharing my thoughts like this because I don't really have a platform. I don't have an audience, really. I have maybe a few people that kind of enjoy my stuff. I make some YouTube videos that do well because I have good keywords and it's on a specific subject. But this is kind of a subject on a lot, or this is a video on a lot of different subjects. And I don't think people are going to really care about my views that much. But it feels good. It genuinely feels good for me to put this into a video because 
you know, I think that what I'm saying is correct in terms of moral law and in terms of the law, period, in terms of the rights and freedoms of individuals. And, uh, and then also I think it's totally spot on the way that I describe kind of the positive feedback loops on Twitter. And that's my observation. I could be wrong. All Everything that I'm saying could be very wrong. But something about it feels right to me. And that's not to say that I am right. It's just to say that I think what I'm saying here is in line with the good in life. And I don't believe that I am pushing forward a narrative that is harmful to people. I think this is the narrative that is helpful to the most people. And that is having freedom. And also, it's important to not attack people unless they are murderous and trying to specifically harm you and kill you. You know what I mean? But to go through all this effort to call out Joe Rogan and to just get so angry about that sort of stuff, um, it is not good for your own individual mental health, right? So I have found, too, that in my own life, um, not... Uh, what am I trying to say here? Like giving other people the benefit of the doubt and reminding myself that it is better to give other people freedom than to want to try to control them, right? Once you try to control people, it actually negatively affects your life. Even if you think you're controlling them in a way that's right for them and that's right for society, you could be misinterpreting their values as an individual. And it could be just this impossible task to try to control them. And so it just depletes your own life and takes away from your freedoms and your happiness. So it is often best to see someone like Joe Rogan or someone with a huge platform, anyone, a small platform, it doesn't matter. You see or hear someone sharing their opinion and you think their opinion is totally wrong. You can totally like just write a small tweet or an email or just speak to them and say, hey, I don't agree with your uh, views. Here's my views on it. And then just leave it at that. If they agree with you, then you can maybe have a longer dialogue. But when it's someone like Joe Rogan, you can't have a dialogue with them. You can maybe have a one-sided dialogue where you make a video kind of like what I'm doing. Um, and then that's good. It makes you feel good. Maybe in essence, how I'm doing this right now is a way for me to feel happy and content by sharing my views, and no one can watch this, no one can listen to this. I don't need to change people's minds with this video or podcast or whatever this is, but just expressing my views, knowing that I'm sharing my views and putting it out there makes me feel good. Um, if I had the approach where it's like, everyone's wrong about Joe Rogan, they need to see the light, you know, they need to see how this really is. I need to change their their perspective on it. That's where it starts to become harmful to my own happiness and my own mental health. And that's where it's like, you cannot control other people. I also, you know, I'm seeing that people are attacking Joe Rogan for his points and his views. So for me to see those people doing that, I can't jump in and start attacking them for their opinion on Joe Rogan unless they're necessarily calling for his murder or something like that. But even then, I wouldn't get involved because it doesn't affect me, right? If it was like someone calling for the murder of someone that I know personally, I would jump in because that's where you have to fight for freedoms and fight for life, right? But that's an extreme case. For me to jump in and start attacking people for their views on someone 
for their views, you know, that's where the positive feedback loop comes into play. And so I suppose in essence, you just have to like allow people the benefit of the doubt, let everyone else have their views. You can share your views because we have freedom of speech. And if that, um, if, if other people benefit from that and are like, hey, thank you for sharing your views, that ma makes a lot of sense to me. And then what do you think of this? And then you get a dialogue going to where you both grow from that. That is the ultimate. Um, if no one listens to your views, that is okay. You know, maybe kind of sucks, maybe hurts your ego, but at least you're not being attacked and at least you can still share your views. Um, and then the worst is when someone just attacks your views for no reason at all and they don't even allow you to change your views and they just like put you in the dirt and they don't allow you to change. That is the worst of the worst. What's also good is sharing your views and someone gives you criticism or feedback. It may hurt your ego, but if they're showing you facts to why you're wrong, then you got to be thankful for that because then that is helping you, right? And so that's the whole thing. Uh, what did I cover? Positive feedback loops and the sort of Twitter atmosphere, um, freedom, free will, the rights and freedoms of individuals, when it is okay to to fight other people for their opinions. It's only when it gets murderous um, and it's only when it harms people that it's okay to step up and actually fight against other people. Um, potentially, I don't know if that's true or not. That's just kind of my views. And then also just communicate with people, right? The ultimate is when you can get a dialogue going and you can both change for the better. Um, and that is it. That's all I'm gonna share now, 30 minutes later. Even if I don't publish this, I feel good for speaking through my thoughts. I feel smarter, I feel happier, and I feel more calm. And the only positive feedback loop I have going on here is just that I am talking and then correcting myself and then thinking and then talking and then correcting. You know, I have a positive feedback loop within my own mind, but it is actually um, moving forward my thoughts and ideas. It is not... Um, it's not a positive feedback loop going nowhere, arguing with other people. Um, all right. Goodbye.